Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It's Thursday, March 10th, 2022. Come to you each morning at about 9 a.m. Uh, live, or <clears throat> you can listen or watch later um, on all the various streaming platforms and podcast form as you're driving or going about your work um, or working around the home. Uh, you can also call in, of course. Some of you do that yet. All right. Uh, good to see you in the chat. Those of you who are watching or listening live, we've got Michael, Don, Karen, Grace, Chris, um, Karen as well. Another Karen. Lori, yeah, Gus and Eileen. Good to have you. And yes, the angels were singing. Uh, that was a psalm setting. And of course, the psalms are the songs of, they're our songs. They're the songs of Christ. But they're also, of course, the song of the angels, too, as they sing with him. All right, so beautiful. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Memory verse, say it together. My word shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, verse 11, B. <laughs> Our psalm this morning is Psalm 149. We say it together. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Isaiah chapter 60. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give, you, give light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and your God your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. Also, your people shall be, all be righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. All right, so Jesus is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome, right? Um, so even as we're in the darkness, metaphorically, figuratively, or even just physically, right, at nighttime, right, uh, you don't even have to light a candle. Well, that might be helpful. I have to turn on the light and uh, hear God's word. Hear, listen to Jesus, and he will light your way. 
Our reading for catechesis is from John chapter 9. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated, sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. There it's the reading. All right. Have some coffee if you like. Mm. Coffee of the month. One of the coffees of the month. Ethiopian coffee. It's lovely. (laughs) Not as lovely as our Lord's dwelling place, but still a lovely gift from God. All right. Uh, Questions. All right. So he says, as he passed by, he's passed by, a little context here, in the temple. Remember, why is he in the temple? Same thing we heard on Monday and Tuesday. First day, second day. Now, this would be the third day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booze. So go back to John 7 if you need to see that. So all of that teaching from John 7 here through 9 and continuing forward is during that feast. And the feast, of course, is what sets then the context for us to understand all of the teachings and the actions of Jesus during that week. So uh, always remember context. Always look for context, right? And then, of course, it's helpful to know what the Feast of Booze is and what they're celebrating and some of the rites and rituals of the feast. All right. So uh, who did Jesus see? Whom did Jesus see? You know, a man blind from birth. All right. His disciples must have seen him too. So they ask him saying, not a trick question here, Rabbi, which man sinned? Was was it because this man's own sins or because of his parents' sins? Right. You ask a law question, you get a law answer. Usually, but not here. Jesus responds, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, right? It was this, his blindness is not a specific punishment for specific sin, but so that because the works of God would be revealed in him. What a hard teaching, don't you think? This man had been suffering with blindness since birth to this very day, so that Jesus would grant him healing and with healing give him faith. Yeah. What must Jesus do while it is day, during the day? He's very explicit here. The works of him who sent me while it is day, all right? Um, of course, what does he mean by day and, and night? We'll get to that. Uh, what happened during the day of the feast? So let's think about the context of the feast first. Yeah, we had the water of libation at the beginning of the day and the prayer for salvation for, for the people. We talked about that on Monday and Tuesday. Um, but then during the feast, there would be sacrifices offered. Well, just as Christ was offered as sacrifice during the day, from noon till three, right? What happened at night during the Feast of Tabernacles? I think I mentioned this on Tuesday, um, but it's good good to have this background. They they would do uh, what I guess you could call the torch dance. They would all um, 
light torches and go back to their homes um, after their work had ended, right? Um, how about Jesus? Just before sunset, he would be laid in the tomb to mark the end of all of his work that he had done. That is, the end of all the works of men, right? So you see the parallel between the Feast of Tabernacles, day and night, and then Jesus' own, his sacrifice during the day, and his being laid to rest at night, right? All right, so what does Jesus do here? Um, that, by the way, that's the night and the day, I think. Do the works while it is day, yeah? And then the night is when no one can work. Of course, that's death, <laughs> right? So we have life and death here. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Uh, when he had said these things, what did he do? He spat on the ground and made uh, clay or mud, if you like, with the saliva. And then what did he do with it? Yeah, he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Um, that word is interesting, isn't it? Anointed? Yeah. What do you usually anoint with? Sometimes with water, but usually with oil, right? But here it's the mud. It's the clay of the earth and the spittle of God. Fascinating. Uh, but there's more instruction. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, presumably the mud and the rest as well. Um, the pool of Siloam, there's a whole, back in John 7, um, there's some dispute as to whether it's the original manuscript, but um, there's the whole conversation about um, how you would go and wash yourself in that pool during the feast, and tradition had it that the, and the angel would come and stir up the waters, and when he stirred up the waters, if you were in the pool at the time, you would be healed. All right, so maybe that's in context here too. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Um, but really the key here for that pool is, remember back in John 7, those two readings we did from that on Monday and Tuesday, that that's where the priest would go first thing in the morning with, with the le- uh, lever, you know, with that pitcher, and he would fill the water for the, uh, for the water of libation that would be poured on the altar to cleanse the altar at the beginning of the day. Um, he would get that from the pool of Siloam. So all of that's in the background. Um, there's another time when Jesus would actually speak of this type of washing. Oh, sorry, my uh, got a computer issue here that I got to fix, and so <laughs> I don't always push the right keys. Uh, let's see, John 13. Let's see if you recognize the language of this. Uh, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he had been girded. And he came to Simon Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet, etc., etc. Um, how about this? He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, but you are clean, but not all of you, knowing who would betray him. That's why he said, you are not all clean. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. The servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Hmm. Okay, so... Yeah, we have this happen again at, um, at when he washes his feet on the night he was washed their feet on the night he was betrayed. All right, so why was the man healed when he washed in the waters? Children caught on to this right away this morning. It's lovely to hear them. Yeah, how about the men who had leprosy? Good point, Chris. We'll get to that. Um, they're healed because of the word of Jesus. So since Chris Chris brought it up, think of the story of Naaman, the Syrian. Right, we had that as our Old Testament reading a few weeks ago. Right? It was at the word of Elijah that he was to go and wash himself in the Jordan seven times, dip himself seven times, and that he would be healed of his leprosy. That's exactly right. Is it the waters of the Jordan? As a matter of fact, the man was a little confused, Syrian, you know, this Assyrian commander, because aren't the uh, Abana and Parfar better rivers, he says, right? Those rivers of Syria. Why would I wash in that stinking, messy Jordan River? It's not the river that 
that does these things. It's the word of God attached to the water, right? Yeah. All right. So what does, um, what do the people wonder? Yeah. If he's really the one who sat and was begging, if he was really the blind man, notice what, uh, when he acknowledges it, and they ask him how his eyes were open. Notice what he calls Jesus, he calls him a man, a man, right? Um, Jesus is the man who takes the place of the first man, right? So Jesus is, as Paul says, the new Adam, right? To take the place of the old Adam, right? The one who brought sin and death into the world, Jesus comes to bring forgiveness and life, right? Um, you see this play out, of course. Ugh, did it again, sorry. <laughs> uh, John 19, listen to this. I like to let John interpret John, right? Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, behold, the man, right? Yeah, so you know that quite well. The ha anthropos. Hide ha anthropos. Um, what does the healed man proclaim? Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes, but here's the key. He said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight, right? The physical action of washing accompanied by the word is what gave him the healing. Yeah, very good. Jesus offers the water of libation that frees us from the curse of sin that is upon us from our mother's womb. Jesus is the man who takes the place of the first man who was formed from dust. He has come to free the sons of, man, sons of that first man by cleansing us with the water of life. It is not the water of Siloam, but the word of God in and with the water that does these things for the man born blind. So also the word of Jesus removes the blindness of our sin when we are washed in the font of holy baptism. Daily we repent because we see our own sins before our eyes and look to Jesus for the forgiveness of sins that he has won for us as the man. Good. Let's say our catechism for the week to bishops, pastors, and preachers, the table of duties. The overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one, one, one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. <clears throat> he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. We pray. O Lord Jesus, you are the bishop and overseer of our souls. You are the Lord of the harvest, and you have commanded us to pray for the gift of pastors, to preach the gospel and shepherd your church. Raise up men for the office of the holy ministry who are above reproach, the husband of but one wife, who are temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach your life-giving word. Deliver all pastors from the self-centered vices of the flesh. Grant them your grace to manage their families well and to bring up their children in the true faith with proper respect and devotion to the word of God. Give them courage to hold firmly to the trustworthy message of the gospel as it has been handed down to them and the wisdom to refute those who oppose it. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. Let's see. We pray this day with Bryson, who celebrates his baptism. We also pray for the households of our church, that of Sarah, Chelsea, Joan, Gary and Barb, Don and Jean, and Tara. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy, and Janice, Ken, Norm, Kathy, and Jim, Mike, and Donna. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, and Paul. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially with um, the work of Camp Luisimo. We ask the Lord's blessing upon all our relatives and all who support um, through benefaction the work of the church. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for the week, Christ the Lord of Hosts Unshaken.
Jesus came, the word fulfilling, trampled Satan, death defied, bore the brunt of our temptation, on the wretched tree has died. Yet to life was raised victorious, by his life our life supplied. All right, good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. Come to you each morning at about 9 a.m. And uh, it's a joy to have you pray with us. This uh, daily regular discipline of prayer um, isn't just for Lent. Uh, as you know, we've been doing this, oh, it's March 10th, so almost <laughs> for uh, 2019. When did we start this? 2020, 2020, right? So we're almost going on two years every day uh, during the week and Saturdays as well. So uh, the point here, of course, is to encourage you to have a life of daily prayer. And if at some point the internet gets shut off, shut off and you can't uh, do it with me this way, of course you can do it. Um, using the, the handout that we give out at each Sunday, all right? And so that's that's really what we're trying to encourage you uh, to do, is to maintain that daily habit of prayer uh, around God's Word and in the Catechism and to memorize and to commit to memory the hymns of the Church. Um, all this may be very important for us if we uh, somehow go into some kind of dark age, right, uh, where technology is limited and uh, electricity is being rationed or something or uh, apocalyptic winter or whatever it is. <laughs> be prepared, right? Uh, for when the darkness comes when no one can work. All right. You're welcome, Don. Um, I saw uh, my Aunt Nancy there checked in as well. Good to have you as well. So, Lord be with you all. Uh, keep you safe, and he keeps you safe by his word, right? Maybe not uh, in the way we'd think in this world, but certainly by his word, so that we're always prepared for the day of his coming. So, Lord be with you today. We'll see you tomorrow.